It's hard to be happy with anything if you don't trust it. If you don't trust it, you can't obey something you can't trust. That's called prison. You obey the prison guard not because it's a loving thing to do. You do trust that he's going to go upside your head if you don't obey. Is that right? That's not how our God work, operates. So we're going to learn to trust and obey and be happy in Jesus. Amen? Amen. We want to say happy Sabbath to you all with those who are here in Memphis and those who are joining us on the broadcast and those who are joining us on the conference line. We want to say welcome. And uh, we ask that you all would uh, join us at this time for a word of prayer. So we may ask that the Holy Spirit would come and, and lead us and guide us in his truth. So let's have a word of prayer if we would. Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, again, in the precious name of Jesus, we come to your throne of mercy and grace this day, thanking you so much for the opportunity. Father, thank you for giving us a mind to pray, a mind to come together to open up your word, a place to come, Father, and a day that we can celebrate the true and the living God. And we ask at this time that your Holy Spirit would lead and guide and direct us in your truth, Father, for without that is nothing that we can know or nothing we can do. And Father, we pray for those all over the world who are bowed down now. Those who are seeking your face, we ask that you would visit them as well, Lord, that you would give your ministers the power of your spirit so your people may hear and obey. And Father, we ask that you would help. Help those who are under persecution for your name's sake at this time. Father, we ask that you send them those angels of encouragement and protection, Father, for they're going through it because they refuse to give up hope. Father, strengthen them, Lord, and encourage them this morning as our prayer. And in the name of Jesus, we do ask all things. Amen. Amen. Once again, happy Sabbath. happy Sabbath. We want to pray for those who aren't with us today. As you can see, a, 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 a big number aren't here today, and some are going through family tragedies. We ask that you all would keep those families in prayer, and uh, we ask that you would uh, also Keep God's work in prayer, that the workers may always line up with the one who called them to work. But we can't get so busy doing God's work that we forget who? God. Amen? Amen. But we want to look at something this day that God gave us to share. And, and, and I can't emphasize this enough. We get this sermon twice. God says, write this down. And so we get it first. And so if there's, a, if there's, a, if there's a, 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 a correction that has to be made or, or, or there's some rebuke coming from the Lord, guess who gets beat up twice? Me. So you all say amen and thank you that you only have to hear it once. <laughs> amen? But today God gave us something he wanted to share with us because of, during this time of year you often hear the name Jesus. You often hear the name Christ, and you say, oh, he, he is the reason for the what? We're not going to go into that yet. <laughs> but that's what they say. And so, okay, if the name of Jesus is on the tongue of people, they might as well know who he is. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, not just what we think he is, but who he really is. And it's going to take away all excuses and all doubts about what we should be doing. Now, we hear this in the book of Luke. Go to the book of Luke. And those who are 
uh, might have, <laughs> uh, uh, in the past, watched cartoons. You know this because Linus told you this. Anybody know who Linus is? He's on Charlie Brown. And he was telling the Christmas story back in 1968. That's the first time I heard it. Okay. But we're going to read it from the Bible. And we're going to find out who Jesus really is. Are we okay with that? Amen. See, even this sermon you can take to other people and not be a worry about offending them. Because sometimes you all hear these sermons, you say, I can't share that sermon because it might offend somebody or it might, you know, show somebody I believe in something I'm not ready to publicize yet. Oh, but that day is coming. Isn't it right, Isaiah? We're going to publicize. God says, great is the company of those who publish it. it a company, not a person, a company of people that's going to publish this. Amen? So we're going to publish Jesus today. Is that all right with you all? Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to begin at verse 1 and stay with us. Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a what? Decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be what? Man, that sounds familiar. Matter of fact, it's about the same time of year. He said, and, and the, this taxing was uh, first made when Serenius was governor of what? Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Okay? Now, remember, we're trying to discover who Jesus is. All right? Now, to, verse 5, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she, should be delivered. And she brought forth the firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We all have this picture in our mind, don't we? The nativity scene. Now, we won't get to it this week, but let me tell you, the average nativity scene is wrong. Amen. It's just wrong. They got three guys standing there that wasn't there. I mean, they got goat sheep. They got Santa Claus in the corner. They got all these things that are just wrong. What we want to discover is who Jesus is. All right? And so we, we understand that uh, there was no room in the inn. And, and in verse 8 says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Now, you ought to be getting the kind of a time of year this is. Sheep don't eat frozen grass. Let's keep moving. <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody keeping sheep in 20-degree weather. But let's keep reading. And verse 9 says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were so afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is what? Christ the Lord. A Savior, first of all, a Savior. Now, we're going to get to that, all right? He said, a Savior was born in this city of David. And, and, and verse 12 says, and this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a what? 
oh, can you imagine this sight? Imagine this sight. A multitude of what host? These were heavenly hosts. So what kind of hosts were they? This was some bright action going on. This was some power happening. And these shepherds who were abiding in the field got to experience this. Do you think it was a little bright roundabout? A host came. Heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. And what? Goodwill toward man. See, this is the, the snapshot we have of Jesus. And most people leave it right there. This is a point of e in et on an eternal timeline. Just a point. It was a very significant point because this was a miracle. The miracle of salvation. This was what Christ had decided to do. His father and the Godhead said, we're going to do this for man. And I need you to know, here it is. Christ is more than a babe in the manger. And Christ didn't just show up here. See, we got our facts a little off. If Christ made his appearance to man for the first time in Bethlehem, there would not have been a Bethlehem. I said, what are you talking about? Oh, we're going to get there. Let's go to Isaiah. I want you to understand something. Christ is bigger than a babe, and, and he's bigger than Calvary. See, those are the two shots we got of Jesus. Bethlehem, Calvary. And those are two significant and important events. These are two things that we need to always keep in mind, but he's bigger than that. And he got, he was, let's keep reading. Don't preach the whole Bible. Isaiah chapter 7. This is a prophecy concerning the coming Savior. In verse 14 of Isaiah 7, it says, Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Isn't that what we always want? We want a sign. He said, Behold, a virgin shall what? Conceive. Is that a miracle? That doesn't even make any sense, does it? A virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name what? What does the word Emmanuel mean? Oh. God with us. God with us. Do we understand that concept? This child in the manger is God with us. He's a savior. Amen? Not a child in a manger. He came to this earth in this form by a Holy Spirit miracle. Amen? Now, Isaiah talked about it. Jeremiah talked about it. All of the Old Testament says there's one that's coming. There's one. He told Abraham, through you, there's one that's coming. Now, what's going to be fascinating is we're going to find out who told Abraham this one was coming. Go to John, if you would. See, we need to understand who he is so we can start putting aside the rest of these gods. We can put aside the rest of these religions. We can, we can put aside the, this, 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 this falsehood that's out here because you're going to understand there's only one. We're going to John chapter 8. Jesus, 
you know, after the babe in the manger, and after he was talking at 12, and after he got to be 30 years old, Jesus started to tell people about who he is. You would think they would know, wouldn't you? There was no television back then. They had no distractions. They had no iPods. There were no Facebook pages. There was no Twitter. They just kind of hung out. And they, they worked. They prepared. They ate. They worked, prepared, ate, sometimes looked at the Bible. Then they went to sleep. See, it was a, 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 a little calmer time. You would think they would know. But Jesus came to tell them who he was. Now, look how Jesus did this. We're in John, in John chapter 8. Let's go to verse 56 to begin. John chapter 8, verse 56. He was talking to the Jews. He said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. Now, one thing about Jesus, he knew how to get your attention. If he had to make a point, he knew what words to use. It was such a critical point that he was about to make. He said, look, you believe in Abraham. I know that, so your father looked to me. Your father longed to see this day, and he saw it by faith. Verse 57, then said unto the, the Jews unto him, thou art not yet 50 years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Look at these church folks. Man, you don't know what you're talking about. You just got here. How are you saying Abraham saw you? What did Jesus say? Page 58 says, Jesus said unto them, verily, verily. What's verily, verily? Man, hey, for sure, for sure, you got to listen to this, because this is the truth. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Man, this is not the babe in the manger anymore, is it? He said, before Abraham was, I am. I am is such a strong statement. Because when you I am, you is. <laughs> you are that way, you are that way, you are here, you I am. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Now you think the church would recognize what he was talking about, but this is how the church responded. It said, then they took up stones to cast at him. Why? Because he was telling them, I am is standing in front of you before Abraham was. Remember the I am that talked to Moses is standing in front of you. He's more than a babe in a manger. They took stones to cast at him, but Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of him and so passed by. Jesus could do that. There was a time Jesus just disappeared. Because he was on another level. See, we, he, he, if anybody was before Abraham and he's still walking around, he's on another level. So don't be surprised at anything Jesus does. But Jesus said, look, I am is standing in front of you. And they whispered, isn't that Joseph's boy? Isn't that Mary's kid? He just said, he is I am. I, he's from, and nothing good come out of Nazareth. I am is here. Now they understood exactly what he was saying. Because when Moses was in front of this burning bush, and he asked this entity who he was, what did he say? Tell them, I am sent you. I am that I am. 
They, they made that connection. That's why they wanted to kill him. Because what he told him, I'm bigger than Abraham. I'm bigger than J being Jewish. You all say Abraham is the, the ultimate. I talked to him. I talked to Moses. And we're going to keep walking down here because we really need to understand who he is. Because it will take away all excuses to worship and serve anything else. All right? Unless you like to worship the B-League team. I'm all for the varsity. I'm all for the highest I can go. And when I find that, that's what I'm going with. Now let's go to John chapter 1. Find out he talked to Moses. We got that? You believe that? That's hard to conceive a babe in a manger. See, then you're going to find out somebody that high could get this low. And he did it for us. We're going to find out who he is this morning. Amen? John chapter 1. Let's begin at verse 1. John chapter 1. And let's begin at verse 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And the Word... I'm sorry, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Who was him? The word. the word. And without him was not anything made that was made. And you can say amen to that. Amen. Oh, we got to find out who word is. It's a capital letter, right? Y'all didn't learn that in English. <laughs> in the beginning was not letters put together to form words. It said in the beginning was the word. Amen. And we're reading verse 3, verse 4, in him was life, all right? And life, and the life was what? The light of men. In this word, whoever him is, is life. We're going to find out that somebody breathed into somebody's nostrils and man became a living soul. Come on, we're going to come out of this manger in just a second. Let's go to verse 14. And the word was made, what? Flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Okay, who's the word now? Jesus. He's the only begotten of the Father, wasn't he? We beheld his glory. And what else did it say? Full of grace and truth, and John bare witness of him. And look at what John said. And cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. Why? For he was before me. Jesus was before John, even though Jesus was born after John on this earth. Amen. Why? Because John was pointing the people back to who he really was. He's the Christ, the one I've been talking about. He's preferred above me. Why? Because he was before me. Oh, Jesus is more than swaddling clothes. Amen? Amen? Verse 18, no man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the what? The bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So anytime you see God declaring something, oh, God came face to face, who was coming face to face? The Word. The word. Who was? Who is, I should say. Jesus the Christ. Can we, can we grab that concept? Can we understand? Because if no man's seen the Father, who is talking to us? Who talked to Moses? God, right? How? 
Genesis chapter 3. Come on, we're going to walk, we're going to walk and get this picture of who Jesus is. It's going to take away the excuse. Because anything after I am, what's the point? <laughs> anything after, after, if he made everything. Amen? That's what we just read, right? All things were made by him. Whether anything made, it wasn't made. If he did that, everything is subordinate to Jesus. Before Buddha, I am. Buddha was born, wasn't he? Where's Buddha now? Worms got him a long time ago. What about Muhammad? Oh, Muhammad went to the seventh heaven, they said. And even then he ran into a man called who? That's what the Quran says. But before Muhammad, I am. Okay, so, so far, we got religions based on some after I am. <laughs> Confucius. Y'all, if he walked in here now, you wouldn't know who he was. But he is after the I am. How about the Hindu? The, the, the gods of the Hindu belief. Where aren't they after the I am? Everything is after Jesus. So why are we wasting our time with everything else? We okay so far? Going to Genesis chapter 3. And let's go to uh, verse 8. Genesis 3, starting at verse 8, it says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Oh. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of who? Was that the Father? Because no man has seen the Father. Come on now. He said, the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden, and the Lord God called unto Adam, who declares the Father, the Son? So who was speaking? And he said, I, I heard that voice in the garden, and, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Oh, he's more than the babe in the manger. He's more than Calvary. He's more than Joseph's new tomb. You understand who he is now? See, then we'll start grabbing the concept of salvation and what he did and what he went through and why he, he came from high and came low. And you might be able to appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus. And then you understand the love Jesus has for you. Because he talked to Adam. He said, Adam, what you doing, man? We okay? Oh, we're not done. Genesis 16. You're going to start seeing who he is. And we're going to rejoice because he has chosen us to be his representatives here on earth. Verse six, chapter 16 of Genesis. Anybody ever heard of Hagar? Now, what was Hagar's story? Hagar was, uh, was, was, was handmade of who? Sarah. Sarah. Who was Sarah? Abram's wife, right? Right. And, and, and God had, had shared with him, the Lord had shared with him that he was going to have what? A son. Now, just like we do, we're going to help God along with his plan. <laughs> and here we go. Hagar was part of the help. Amen. But let's see what happened here. She had been run off because two women can't live in the same house. I don't I, 
Amen? Amen. Women, Amen. you can't have two head women in one house. That's just not going to work. That's why people move. Amen? We got Genesis 16 and verse 7. It says, And the angel of the Lord found her by a fountain of water in the wilderness, by the fountain in the way to what? Sewer. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, whence comest thou? Now, I want you to understand something about the statement, the angel of the Lord. When you look into the Hebrew, it means the messenger of the Lord. Amen. So when you see the messenger of the Lord, you might want to start looking at the, quali uh, of the description of this messenger of the Lord to find out who this really was. Amen. I know our minds say, angel, we see this. We somebody flapping around and, you know, let's look at the description of this messenger of the Lord. He asked a question. He said, hey, man, uh, what came is thou? And whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress Sarah. Sarah, I'm sorry. And, and the angel of the Lord said unto her, return to thy mistress and submit thyself under what? Her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed. How? Our description of an angel can't do this. An angel can't do anything but follow its commander. This messenger of the Lord said, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly. Who has the power to do that? Let's keep reading. Put your, put your bricks down. Don't, don't stone me yet. We're going to find this out. See, we don't appreciate Jesus. We've been sold a bill of goods about this little manger baby and this dead Jesus on the cross. We're going to find out who he is. It might make it a little easier for us to say hallelujah. It might make it easier for us to say amen. It might make it easier to say thank you, Jesus, for doing all that you've done for me. And you didn't have to because you were, I am, and I am nothing. But you did it for me anyway. You might, we might learn to appreciate all of that and stop leaning on foolishness, asking people who don't believe in Jesus counsel on something that Jesus told you about. We might, we might get to a point where we say, I believe Jesus more than I believe television. Some people believe they get their religious philosophy from songs on the radio. It's time for us to start believing in the source of all things because it's readily available and he made it available from the Bethlehem experience to the Calvary experience. That was part of making it available. But he's more than that. Amen. And we're verse 10. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly that it shall not be numbered for multitude. That's a lot, isn't it? And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shall bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy what? Affliction. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto... Uh, what? Did I miss something? I missed 12. He said, what, 11? I did. Oh, go down to 13. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seeth me. For she said, I have also have looked what? 
after him that seeth me. Who was talking to Hagar? The Lord was. Amen? So was Jesus around before Bethlehem? Remember his name is God with us. He's always been with us. Amen? Come on. 22 chapter, 22nd chapter of Genesis. I know, I know, I know. Don't get nervous, people. He is king of kings. Why, why, don't, you understand, why don't we understand that? See, we, he's bigger than everything we can imagine he is. We're just taking from his word a description of who he is so we might be able to connect with him a little better. Somebody tell me, why? Do, well, that's what you believe. You right? And this is why I believe it. I am has spoken to me. Has I am ever spoken to you? Has the spirit of God ever whispered in your ear? Has the spirit of Buddha ever said anything to you? Now, here's the spirit now. Buddha can't help you. I don't need to follow a man that's still in the grave. I follow the one that on that third day, what happened to Jesus? Why did he rise? Because he's I am. <laughs> he said part of the plan was me to die, but part of the plan that we set up is me to get up again. My father said, come on, come forth. Oh, he's bigger than all of this. Genesis 22. Anybody familiar with Abraham? You sure? Let's see something about Abraham you might not understand. Abraham had to make a sacrifice. Anybody in here ready for a sacrifice? If you want to walk with Abraham, if you want to claim the blessings of Abraham, if you want to be called a child of Abraham, you better get ready to sacrifice. Abraham was about to cross over. He was somebody like Zacchaeus this morning. He had already touched his heart. He had already been doing some things. He had always been walking with God. But now he was about to cross over into another level. 22nd chapter of Genesis, verse 9. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the what? Altar upon the wood. Please don't forget Isaac wasn't two years old. Isaac believed because Abraham taught him. How about, it, 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 let, let's use him, Isaiah. If somebody said, look, Isaiah, uh, 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 I'm going to bind you up. And I'm going to put you on this altar. We're going to fire you up. A man of your size would, would question the ability. There's no way in the world unless you believed. Isaac believed. But let's see what happened. And Abraham stretched forth, verse 10, his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Guess who showed up again? What's it called? And the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord. Let's, let's keep reading who this was. Amen? And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, Lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him, for now I know that thou hearest God. No, fearest. Oh. Fearest God. Meaning what? 
I believe and I obey. I know you do now. Right? For what reason? He said, I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from who? Who's talking to Abraham? Because no man has ever seen the father. Who declares the father but the son? He said, you didn't withheld him from me, right? Let's keep reading now. He said, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven. We're in verse 15 now. Out of heaven the second time. And said, by myself have I sworn. What angel can do that? No angel. Not, 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 not the, 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 those ones that... This one said, remember, the messenger of God. He said, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out the second time, verse 16, and said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies, and in thy seed shall all nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed who? My voice. Who did Abraham obey? Jesus. Whose voice did he hear? Jesus. Come, out of the Come out of the manger this morning. Okay? God with us. He's always been with us. When I say us, I'm talking about mankind. He's always been with us. The reason we're still here is because he's with us. In Genesis, you'll see, I will put enmity. He said, who will go for us? Who came? Jesus. Who made the decision to come? Before it was time, before Bethlehem, somebody had a conversation. When they were creating, let us make man in our image. That was part of the plan. This was no emergency management plan. They said, if he falls, who will go for us? The creator. The creator. Let's try to bring it down a little bit. Let's say you're at work, and you make a mistake. You know, you, you, I don't know, you're pushing a box, and it falls on somebody's head. <laughs> it happens. And the CEO gets fired. The CEO comes down and says, I take responsibility for that. Man, you don't even know who I am. I don't even know who you are. Don't worry, I got it. I'll take the responsibility for that. And, you know, knowing the person you just dropped a box up going to sue you for every cent you got. And the CEO comes down and says, I got it. Sue me. That help? Jesus did not make one mistake. Jesus did not send it up. He said, but that's mine. He failed. I'll take it. Are we getting a picture of who he is? Oh, let's go to the 32nd chapter of Genesis. I want, we, we want to look at the book of Genesis because why? It's the first book, ain't it? If Jesus is in the beginning, we can be pretty rest assured he's going to be after the end. 
He was with us in the beginning. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. If I'm with you in the beginning, I'm with you past the end. Genesis 32. Anybody heard of Jacob? Oh, Jacob was struggling. Anybody ever had a Jacob experience? Jacob messed up bad, didn't he? Jacob deserved everything he got, didn't he? But Jacob was at a point in his life in this 32nd chapter of Genesis. Verse 24 says, And Jacob was left, how? Alone. And there wrestled a man with him. Right? Until the breaking of the day. Now, why is that? Why do we care? If this was just some guy, but he said he was left alone. So where did this man come from? And who is this man? Let's keep reading. Verse 25, And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched his hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of his, Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Now, this is always amazing to me because it tells us about our struggles. No matter how hard it gets, don't let go. Don't let go. Anybody had a dislocated anything? I've had fingers, you know. You know. Does it hurt? Does it make you stop focusing on what you're doing for just a little while? Have your hip out of, out of place. That's pain. Jacob said, I'm not letting go. There's nothing more important because he knew who he was wrestling with. Let's keep reading. Let me go for the verse 26. And he said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except what? Thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be what? Called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince hast thou power with who? God and with men, and hast prevailed. Jacob was wrestling. He was about to be an overcomer. He had realized everything he had ever done, and he knew what the wages of sin were. He was truly sorry. He wasn't sorry because he was of a consequence. Sometimes we get sorry and ask God to forgive us because we think God is about to drop a hammer on us. Jacob had passed that part. He said, I was wrong, Lord. I was wrong. I deserve it all. But I'm going to hold on to the promise you gave Abraham. And he held on. And when nothing was going to get between him and this man who could save him. Verse 29. And Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray thee thy name. And this man said, wherefore is it that thou dost ask my, after my name? And he blessed him. He said, you know who I am. And he blessed him. Verse 30 said, and Jacob called the name of the place, what? Peniel. For I have seen who? I've seen God face to face. So we know it wasn't the father he saw. Who was he wrestling with? Who did he see that night? He said, I have seen God face to face and my life is what? Here's the Savior. Bigger than the manger, people. He's, too, he's, he's more than we can understand, but we really need to hold on to him now. Because he's the only power that's available for us to overcome. 
He's the only power that's going to get us out of this thing. We are fighting a spiritual war without Jesus. And what is happening to us? We're being sifted like wheat. We're being taken aside by every little wind of doctrine. We're being uh, uh, distracted by every little, 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 little hate here and a, a little problem here. And we lose focus on Jesus. Is Jesus able? Did he want to? Now, we're we, we, we going to come out of Genesis, okay? We're going to go to a book called Joshua. So he just didn't have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, did he? He was with them, wasn't he? He was with Adam, wasn't he? We read this morning, he was with Enoch. He's always been with us. He just happened to, part of the plan, I just got to come down and be you. I still can't, I don't understand that yet. And I've been looking at this for 40 years. I don't understand how I am became us. That's a chance, man. The Godhead took a chance. He said, I'm going to become you because this is, I have to be where you lost it. I got to be what you were so I can show you that you don't have to lose. I can show you a way out of this thing. And when I pay the penalty for your sin, did he really die? He really died, didn't he? Did he really hang on that cross? Did he really bleed? All of these things happened because he was I am. And what's fascinating about it, only the I am could do this. There's no other angel. There's no angel in heaven that could have done this. He said, I have to, and I want to, and I long to because I love you. Anybody want to question Jesus' love for you? Anybody want to say, well, Jesus ain't, I asked Jesus for this and I ain't got it. You know how we do. Okay, none of y'all do. I've heard tell of that. Well, who Jesus, who is taking too long? I got to go do it myself. Anybody? We, we make this ridiculous statement that the disciples made. Don't you care we perish? That's what you, we all are guilty of this. God, don't you care I'm down here struggling? God, don't you care we're going through this? What happened to you? Where are you? He said, my name is Emmanuel. I'm always with you. Stop murmuring. Stop complaining. I am with you. And you know what makes that important? I am I am bigger than everything you can imagine. I'm bigger than your problem. Amen. Be still and see the power of God. Half of the power of God has to be used on you because you won't be still. <laughs> if you be still and stop kicking and squirming, he could go ahead and do what he wants to do. It's like a little child. You're trying to, you know, dress a little child. It should be an easy thing. Child's two years old. Sit down, let me put your pampers on, oh, oh, I don't know, to, okay, he, oh, under rules, I don't know what it is. <laughs> put the pants on, put the shirt on, you know, that should be pretty easy. What happened you got one of them two-year-olds? That's an active little fella. Just, that, he wants to get down, hurry up, he's not being, you know, he just, 
See? <laughs> now, the parents spend most of their energy <laughs> trying to put the clothes on him. Jesus spends most of his energy trying to put clothes on a fretful, unappreciative, complaining, murmuring child. But you know what's wonderful about it? He's trying to put his clothes on. He's trying to clothe us with his righteousness. Amen. We thank him for that. Amen? Let's go to Joshua. And we'll say that's Joshua 5. Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. And it came to pass, is that right? When Joshua was by Jericho. Now we know who Joshua was, right? that he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, there stood a what? A man over against him with the sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went unto him and said unto him what? Are thou for us or for our adversaries? I always love this because Joshua, hey, Joshua was confident. Why? Because the Lord told him, be strong and of good courage. So Joshua wasn't worried about anything, even though he was looking. On the I am. He said, you with us or with our adversaries? And watch what the Lord says. This is my favorite answer in the whole Bible. And he said, nay. That's just, I mean, y'all won't be gangster. That was a gangster saying. That's just, just cold. I dismiss whatever came out of your mouth. I don't answer your question. Nay. Now, now, let's see what happens. He said, nay, but as captain of the host of the Lord, I am now come. <laughs> and Joshua fell on his face to the earth and did worship and said unto him, what saith what? My Lord. My Lord. Now, we know angels don't take worship. And Joshua was very aware of spiritual things. When Joshua heard that, he hid his face. And he worshiped, did he not? Mm -hmm. And said unto him, What saith my Lord unto his servant? <clears throat> and the captain of the Lord's host said unto Joshua, Loose thy shoe from off thy what? foot, for the place wherein thou standest is holy. Who was standing before Joshua? The same one that was standing before Moses. And what did Joshua do? He said, no, you're just an angel, and I can't do that. Joshua did so. Why? Joshua knew who he was talking to. Joshua couldn't get under the dirt enough. Sometimes we need to come face to face with the Lord. And you'll realize when he, when you come close to him, or I'll put it like this, we ain't got enough that much sense to do that. When he comes close to us, you're going to see something. You're going to see how unworthy you really are. You're going to see that it really doesn't matter your opinion. You're going to, nay, nay, it's going to be the answer. You're going to find out who he really is. And then he's going to reach and grab your hand. Then you're going to find out about love. Once you realize who he is, you're going to be amazed that he loves you. You're going to say, why me? Why me? 
What did David say? Lord, you know we but dust. He said, why are you mindful of man? The kicking and screaming little two-year-old that you could so easily have discarded and all the worlds you have created and all the universe by the breath of your mouth. Why are you worried about this dust? The dust that wants to tell you what to do. The dust that wants to instruct Jesus on how to treat you. Aren't you glad he's Jesus and not you? Amen. I know I'm glad. I'd be mad all the time. <laughs> you big dummy. <laughs> but Jesus, I love you so much. I know you don't know who I am. I know you can't appreciate it. I'm not asking you to appreciate it. I'm just asking you to love me. Just let me love you. What a God we have. Have you read about in all of your books, have you ever read about a God like that? Have you ever read about a Lord that will do this for you? Come on, I know you all have been into mysticism and world, all this stuff y'all have been in. Have you ever seen anything like this? Have you ever known any love like this? Have you never known any power like this? That all can be used for you. But were we, a man said, Lord, <laughs> speak to me. Go to Zechariah. Here's, here's an account. Since we're on earth now, let's see about another account about this I am. We're going to be through in a minute. Don't worry. We're starting to get the picture that he's bigger than a manger. But we need to get the picture about who he really is and what you should be to him and what he is to you. Zechariah chapter 3. Help us, Lord. Where we got to go today? Oh, good. So you'll be here a minute. Well, I'm going to go. Let's go to, where are we? Zechariah. Zechariah 3. Let's start at verse 1. And he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before what? Here we go again. The angel of the Lord. And Satan standing at his what? Right hand to do what? Oh, why? Satan. <laughs> Satan knows Jesus better than you do. I want you to know that. He said, And the Lord said unto Satan, Now who was, hold on, we just said the angel, something. He said, But, and the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? In verse 3, Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and stood before the angel. Then he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And unto him he said, Behold, I have done what? Cause thy iniquity pass from thee, and I will clothe thee with a change of raiment. Who could do this but Jesus? Who takes away the sin but Jesus? Who takes away the iniquity but who? Jesus. So not only is he who spoke, he is the one that forgives. He's the one that cleanses us. He's the one that's our savior. Do we see who he is now? Joshua. Satan couldn't hold 
all, Satan can't hold you unless you give him permission. That's, what, that's part of this package. Jesus can speak and Satan must let you go. You believe that? But you got to believe in Jesus first. I always look at the book of Job and know my God is real. And my God is always looking after me. Just because the house fell down didn't mean God's not looking after you. Just because you lost that job doesn't mean God's not looking after you. Just because things are hard and you can't pay the rent doesn't mean God's not looking after you. You know why? All these things are caused by something maybe that God is saying, well, go ahead. Remember we told Satan, he said, do that. You can do that. And what was encouraging is this. Two things. Satan had to ask permission. And God said, I'm not going to put more than you can handle. You going through a lot of hard times all the time, it's because God sees something in you. Now, don't bring it on yourself now. Sometimes you go through stuff because you've just been stupid. I'm sorry, that was the wrong word. Sorry, you bring some things on yourself. But even in that, Jesus is the deliverer. Amen. 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 Even in that, Jesus will deliver you. But you got to believe him. You got to know who he is. And when you believe him, you fear him, and you walk in the way he has asked you to walk. Daniel chapter 10. I'm sorry... I get excited. I'm trying to be a Presbyterian quiet person. Because <laughs> I know that's what y'all want. Y'all don't want anybody to say hallelujah. I know that because that's not what you do. But I get excited when I see this. Because it gives you an extra oomph. It gives you to say, Lord, I see you now. Thank you for the revelation. Now I don't have to fear. Now I don't have to worry. Now I don't have to say, well, Lord, do you think that I'm worried about that sign in the yard. It'll be two years in March, sister. It falls over. God said, not until I'm ready. Everything must come by the throne. Our job is to try to get next to the throne and say, throne, what do you want me to do? Amen. We're going to Daniel, though. Anybody heard of him? Yeah. Daniel chapter 10. Let's go to verse 12. We got to get going here. Chapter 10 of Daniel, verse 12. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand. Now, Gabriel's talking to Daniel. Gabriel if you read in Luke, he said he sits in the presence of God. He said, but this is Gabriel talking to Daniel. He said, Daniel, look, when you first started praying that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. Know that when you set your heart right with God, when you're requesting something of God, when you're looking for understanding, know that your request has been heard. But sometimes this happens. Let's look at what happened. Verse 13, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Now we know Gabriel is not wrestling with a man. Why? He's an angel. Ask Sodom and Gomorrah what an angel can do. 
ask the Roman soldiers that sat around the tomb what an angel can do. So we are not talking about a man he was wrestling with, are we? But this is Gabriel, the one that comes when there's a big message, when there has to be a, a, a something said and it can be no mistake. And it needs all the power of heaven. God sends a, a Gabriel. He was sending Gabriel, but somebody stood in his way. And he called him the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which stood me one and 20 days. But something happened. But lo, Michael. What does the word Michael mean? He said, lo, Michael. One of the one of the chief princes, let me tell you about this word one so you don't start counting people. This word one in Hebrew, it says the united one. The one that stands alone. So this is not one of. This is the one. Okay? So don't say one of the people. Oh, God got about ten of these. No. This was the it one. He said Michael. The it one, chief, <laughs> what? Chief prince. What did he do? Came to help me. He, whoever this is, is more powerful than Gabriel. And of course, more powerful than the adversary. He said, look, he came to help me, and I remember, I mean, reigned there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall be, uh, befall thy people in the latter days. For yet the vision is for many days. Go down to 21. But I will show thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth. And there is none that holdeth, holdeth with me or agrees with me or gives me power with me. But who? Michael who? Oh, now not only is he savior, not only is he I am, he's royalty. He said, Michael is your prince. Who is the prince of peace? Who is the prince of princesses and the king of kings? Who is this talking? Gabriel said, look, man, I needed help. And guess who helped me? You need help. Who's coming? You settle for Gabriel right now, wouldn't you? Gabriel come in. He can handle it. Gabriel can handle everything, but Jesus came to help Gabriel. Why? Because Daniel prayed. Gabriel wasn't there for any other reason. Daniel prayed. As a matter of fact, when you read in this chapter, he said, you are greatly beloved. By who? The one who came to help. Do you all realize y'all are greatly beloved? Amen. Not just beloved. Greatly beloved. Let's go to Daniel 12 and scare everybody in the room. See, because who this is, when he moves, the universe quakes. See, we got to start remembering something. God is the God of the whole earth and the universe. So when, when whoever this is moves, everything is affected. Verse 12, I mean, chapter 12, verse 1 of Daniel. And at that time shall Michael stand up. The great prince, which standeth for the children. You see who he is? He stands for you. 
He stands for you. Isn't that amazing? He stands for you. And he said, at this time, he's going to stand up because he's coming for you. And he said, don't worry, though. There shall be a time of trouble such as what never was since. There was a, a nation even to the same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered. Anybody comforted with that? Michael is coming. I can't get past the fact that he's standing for us. Amen. The ungrateful, murmuring, complaining people. It didn't change his love for us. He said, I'm standing for you. When I was out doing foolishness, he was standing for me. When I didn't know his name, he was standing for me. When I knew his name and decided to walk contrary, he was still standing for me. Will you stand for him this morning? Verse 2, and many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Do we see who he is now? Man, look at this. All right, go to Acts. We, we, uh, go to Acts. Hold on, Piccadilly will be open in a minute. <laughs> Acts chapter 5. Verse 30. We've got to find out who he is now. We found out who he was. We found out what he's doing for us. We found out he never left us. We found out he was in the garden. We found out he talked to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We found out he whispered in Daniel's ear. We found out he walked with Enoch. We found all these things that God says, I am with you always. It's been Jesus all the time. There's a sect of Sabbath keepers who have discounted Jesus. Who said, the Father, the Father, the Father. We pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, don't we? I read somewhere in the book, you can't get to the Father. And Jesus will always point you to the Father. He'll say, hey, that's him. That's what we need. That's what. Don't discount Jesus. He decided that's how he's going to do things. The Father said, I want all created things. Go ahead, son. The Father, hey, son. He said, I go get him, Dad. I go get him. It's still the Father. He is the originator of all. But look who Jesus is. If he's the eternal Father, what is Jesus? So how long has Jesus been around? Since before, before there was a, 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 a point you could call beginning. It's always been Jesus. So y'all can have the rest of them. You can say, Father this. I, I believe in the Father. I pray to the Father. That's where my prayers go. But it's because of Jesus I can pray. Amen. So as we used to say, you can miss me with the rest of this. If I don't know anything else but Jesus, I'm fine. You don't have to add to Jesus. 
You don't have to say, we need to do this and this and this. No, just give me Jesus. And I know one thing about him. He stands for me. And he will instruct me in righteousness. He's, he's the one that gave us the Holy Spirit. He said, oh, I'm going to be up here now, but I'm going to send you someone who represents and expresses what the Father wants. He's called the Comforter. Oh, you know it was a gift, right? And the, how long has the Holy Spirit been around? Can we come out of Christianity and really find out who this thing is? Can we come out of the, the Catholic doctrine and, and start finding out what Jesus really is and what he's trying to tell us? Can we come out of the world just for a moment, even through this season, when we see the lights and the, and the, and the wrong manger scenes, can we just come and find out who he is? And now you can share with others. Because that's what it's all about. To share with others. I love Jesus. Good. I love him too and this is why. Do you know who Jesus was? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know who Jesus is going, is going to be to us in just a moment? We're in the book of Acts chapter, chapter 5. Verse 30 says, The God of our fathers raised up Jesus. Whom what? Ye slew and hanged on a tree. That's, that's rough. <laughs> Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a what? Prince and a what? Savior. This is Michael, the Savior, the Redeemer. He said, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sin. He's our Savior. He was talking to the church and he said, man, you hung him on a tree. You know, the prince, the I am, you kill. But the I am loved you so much he got up. And the I am, what did, what did he tell the disciples the first place to go after he got up? The one who slew him. He said, go there. Would you do that? Somebody stepped on your foot. You don't want to talk to them no more. They hung him on a tree. They broke his heart. But when he got up, the only thing on his mind was, go get him. Can you go to Hebrews? Hebrews 8. Verse 1 and 2. Hebrews 8. Doesn't seem silly to walk contrary to him now. Doesn't seem silly to have an opinion outside of Jesus. Doesn't it really seem silly that we're going to instruct God in how to be God? Does he love you? Hebrews 8, verse 1. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the psalm. Now some meaning it, all of it. Now this is Jesus' role. He said, we have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of true, the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched in what? And not man. So not only was he I am, not only was he the babe in the manger, not only was he the sacrifice on Calvary, he is now the high priest, which stands for you. Hebrews 7, 24. Hebrews 7, 24. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath a what? 
unchangeable priesthood. He said, because he continueth forever. So he's, he's eternal, isn't he? He said, wherefore he is able also to save them to the ut uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make what? In a session for them. So what is he doing right now? Come out of the manger, people. And I want you, by God's grace, take people out of the manger this time of year. Praise him for the manger. Amen. Amen. Praise him for the birth. Praise him for the miracle. Praise him for the angel coming to tell the shepherds. Praise him for that. Don't stop there. Because now you realize the great miracle that the manger really was. God with us. Revelation, we're going to close. Revelation. Didn't you think we're going to end up there? If we started in Genesis, we got to end up in Revelation. He's our high priest. He's making intercession for us right now. But oh, there's something about to happen. We read in Daniel, some, some awake with, to, to everlasting life and some will be everlasting contempt. Oh, that day is coming. Revelation. We're going to say 10. Starting at verse 11. And I saw heaven open. We already know he's there, right? We okay? We in the right place? And I saw heaven open. And behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. Oh, we're getting another little picture of him now, huh? See, he was the I am. He's the one that walked and forgave. He's the savior. He's the redeemer. He's the high priest. But oh, you're about to see him now for who he truly is. Are we ready for see him that way? He said his eyes were as a flame of fire. That doesn't look like a babe in a manger. That doesn't look like a dead man on a cross, does it? 10? Is it 19? No, I'm sorry, Revelation 19. I ask you all to help me. I said, are we there? You said, oh, yes, yes, that's the word. I said, 10. I said, I think 10. And I started reading. Oh, mm-hmm, yeah. Thank you for your help. Now we're verse 12. I can see that. Verse 12. Verse 12, chapter 19. Thank you, brothers and sisters. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head were many what? Crowns. Many crowns. What does that denote to you? Somebody's a king now. He's a judge now. He's got a sword in his hand. He said, hey, look, man. Now I'm going to show you another part of me. See, I had to go through all that because of you. I was born king. I was... I am who I am. I had to come down and be a babe in a manger. I had to be obedient even to the death of the cross. No more. I will no more be a babe in a manger. He said, right now I'm a high priest. Why? Because of you. I have to stand for you. I have to intercede for you. I have to, I have to, I have to be the, 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 uh, uh, the mediator. But when this thing is over, you're going to see me how I am. And he said, 
he said his eyes were like a flame of fire and on his head were many crowns and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God didn't we start there this morning the different picture now ain't it why are you afraid of Satan if this is your God. Why are you shaking in your shoes when Satan's angels and his agents and his agency come? He said, I have a God whose vesture is dipped in blood and his name is the word of God. And somewhere in this word of God, it said he created all things. And he said that I am, I am that I am. So bring on your problem, Satan. Bring on your complications because I'm standing behind the great I am. Yes. Our problems, we've been standing in front of him. Mm-hmm. Satan hits us before he gets to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Stand behind the vesture dipped in blood. Mm-hmm. Verse 14, and the armies which were in heaven <laughs> followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Oh, there is an army. Verse 15, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings, Lord of lords. People, Let me introduce to you Jesus. Do you know him now? Do you know what Emmanuel really means? It wasn't, I'm always with you. I'm always with man. Do you know when it comes back, what we're going to see? We're going to see this, amen? But when he reaches out his hand, we're going to see something else. We're going to see he was us. Forever, we're going to see that. That how could this magnificent entity be us? That's the mystery of godliness. We, how does that happen? I just thank God it did. I thank God he loved us enough to always be scarred with us just to remind the rest of the universe what love is. I often think we wouldn't really know, and this is weird, this is how strong and powerful love is. If it wasn't for Satan and his antics, we really couldn't appreciate what love is. See, even the fall brought us closer. It revealed to us Man, through it all, he's God. And his love is beyond our understanding. Do you love him this morning? We ought to know he loves us. Do we want to serve him this morning? Do we really want to say, Lord, I'm sorry. I wouldn't let you clothe me with righteousness. I like my own outfit. But now I see I am a filthy rag. 
my ideas, my opinions, my selfishness, my thinking I know something about you, is nothing. We all need forgiveness, don't we? We all need the God of the heavens to say, I forgive. Will he forgive you? In his book, he said, I'm faithful and I'm just. I will forgive you. But then he says, look, there's something I want you to do. I want you to act like a member of the family. Just go and sin no more. And I'm in you. We'll help you get there. And if you fall, you have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. What else? What else is there? So is there any other reason to worship anything else? Don't let me catch you worshiping something else. Because I'm going to follow you with a CD. <laughs> and every time you see you worshiping somebody else, listen to this. Do you know who he is? So when a Muslim comes up to you and tries to say, brother, man, brother, brother, brother. You need to be Muhammad and Allah. What are you going to say? Say, I am that I am. He said, I, I understand. See, when you start worshiping religion, you can always find commonality. That's called coexisting. The Hindus, they got some good stuff, don't they? They say, well, treat your fellow man right. Isn't that good? Uh, what, what about the, 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 uh, uh, the, uh, what's the, uh, the Muslims? Mm -hmm. They have something in there that you can say, yes, that's, that's true. Stop worshiping religion. Jesus is bigger than religion. What about other people that don't agree? See, what you're going to find is there is going to be and already is a one world religion. We know that, don't we? And it's not of God, okay? Just, just, you know, so don't be looking at, you know, whoever. And stop trying. Fall in love with Jesus. That's all, okay? And, and just walk with him. And, and you won't be spending all your days trying to find out if it's the eighth pope, the ninth pope, the tenth pope. Unless you know Jesus, who cares? What are you going to do with the information anyway? Without Jesus, what are you going to do? I know that we're all going to die. Oh, that's very comforting. I often walk into people because I used to be like that. You know, the FEMA people have bought four million body bags. They, they just purchased 1.5 rounds of hollow point ammunition, billion rounds. And what are you going to do with that information? <laughs> I'm scared. What I do, because we heard this years ago, we just say, Jesus, what would you have me to do? He might tell you, I need you to stand in front of this fire squad. Will you do that for me? But no, you know, that ain't Jesus. Uh -uh -uh. Jesus don't act like that. He didn't say you're going to get shot, did he? He told Abraham to kill Isaac, didn't he? Did Isaac live? What can he ask you to do that he doesn't have a right to ask? And if he asks you, say, thank you for letting me hear your voice. 
Thank you for the opportunity to do whatever you want me to do. If you want me to stand there, if you, if you want me to go to the lion's den, thank you for counting me worthy to stand for you. We don't want to go, not only, we don't even want to go to the litter box, let alone, oh, y'all know what a litter box is, I'm sorry. We can't go to the lion's den. Think about it. Jesus said, I need you to give all to me, and we can't give up potato chips. But here we go, because we'll get the victory if we believe in Jesus. We all right? Say that word prayer.